Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Welcome to Filthy Shambles, Season 2, Episode 46. Spurs lost away to Villa. Thanks for listening. Um, download the next podcast next week. No, okay, right, we're going to have to do this, Dan. Dan, welcome, mate. We're going to have to talk about the Villa game. Uh, I don't know, five minutes tops, and then we can move on to slightly more interesting things. I'm just so... It's weird, right? I'm, I'm doing a podcast here, and I'm saying I'm bored. Obviously, I'm not bored of doing the podcast. I'm, not, I'm never bored about talking about Tottenham. Tottenham is is the, the the one constant thing I think about every single day of my life. It is beyond the curse at this point. And I don't need to do any of this stuff, right? I can walk away from it. But then who will I talk to? The, the voice in my head. That ain't going to work out. I need you. I need the fighting cock lads. I need the people that I see at Tottenham. We need to have these conversations. But it does feel... Like we're on a hiding to nothing at the minute. You're not going to learn anything new from playing these these games post sacking Conte, post appointing Stellini, post appointing Ryan Mason. God bless him. If you believe in God, I don't. Well, Glenn Hoddle's very close to being something. Anyway, the point is, like, how much analysis can you do about 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 football that is fundamentally not going to be the same thing that we're going to be witnessing next season? Because right now. We've got a team of players who are probably thinking of their sunbeds. Just the mic is yours. I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not even going to rant about it this week. I'm just going to sit back. Like, what, what did what did you make of the Villa game? First half, second half, again. Yeah, I mean, pretty much just that in a nutshell, isn't it? Because we've we've. I think it's the one conundrum we've not really been able to put a finger on all season in terms of what's causing this first half, second half disparity. Um, mm. And I think that, you know, and it's always been that way round in terms of starting extremely slowly, looking very poor, almost incapable of playing, you know, as a cohesive unit to all of a sudden turning into a completely different team in the second half. And the problem with that is that I suppose the one constant has been that we tend to go behind in a lot of those games when before we start playing well. And unfortunately, that's not good enough because the pressure's off by that point because you can't do any worse, can you? You're already losing, so you have to come out and play essentially without fear at that point. Um, I do think that there's a real issue with the mentality of this squad spook, unfortunately. Mm. Um, as a collective it's... unit, they're not brave enough to start games in the way right. that we know they can. This is perfect, okay, because this is literally the question I'm going I'm to ask you. I'm, I'm going to let you, and this is something that's been discussed Many times it's something that's a bit of a narrative on on social media as well. I'm not going to go into the it's the players, it's the manager argument. But is there something to be said about the way that we have played in the past four seasons? Do they not believe in themselves, even if they've got young, youthful, handsome Ryan Mason telling them, go out there, attack, you know, be expressive, be expansive, bloody blah, blah, blah even though they might be hearing this, that the players themselves at this point, this this collective, this group of players, are so burnt out from, from, from playing a type of football 
uh, for four years has been hyper disciplined in patches because a lot of what Mourinho did beyond the, the 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 low block wasn't disciplined at all. It was like get behind the ball and just kick the ball forward. You know, um, do you think that has that has destroyed uh, the belief within these players that the the they are as bad as they've been forced to play? And again, I'm not saying it's the manager's fault. There's a lot. There's a lot of players that should be shifted on. We we'll get to that as well at some point in this podcast. But do you think it's it's a believing issue because the core group of players will probably remain the same, right? Yeah, three or four I, I, will be shifted. I, I, New players will issue. sign. I think you've just said it there. There's the there's the, 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 there is a lot of players there that you know that there's been a lot of change and there's a few that have been consistent throughout that period some since Pochettino Pochettino a lot of them since Mourinho um through to Conte right like there's not been many additions from Mourinho through to Conte that haven't featured in the team there's been some key players like Kulusevski and Richarlison for instance and Romero they're probably the three standouts that are newer in that side right um I know you've obviously got like Porro now since the second half of the season but uh, you know, he only joined obviously very recently. Yes, um, yeah. and I think that it, it, the, the, they all they all sort of look like it. And then every now, like throughout the whole half, if you get what I'm saying, like they all look like it. So even the ones who you would say are your better players and your high performers, and the ones that need to drag us through these games, even they seem to be at it. So it's really it is really hard. Like as I say, to sort of like figure it out. I don't think that you can overstate the importance of having good coaching in place, people that can motivate people in the right way and I think that their confidence has been shot to bits ever since Conte left um they they're they're sort Mm. of capable of putting in decent performances at home even then it's not been very convincing we've only kept one clean sheet like since Conte's left anyway and that was for the Palace game um and yeah I, I mean we for what for one reason or another, we we really don't look confident away from home anyway, and I was really worried about this game for that reason alone. Just that we, I mean, if you want to be really cynical about it, which I can't be bothered to, but I suppose no, a no, cynical do, view just, would be just do the cynical view. Just do yeah, it. well, I suppose a cynical view of it would be that they don't really care if they sack if if they if they're losing away. I think they've given up on the prospects of Champions League football for next season. A lot of them, they probably know that. But I mean, they don't seem to really be fussed about fighting for Europa League, if that is the case. Hmm. Um, and they seem resigned to just finishing outside of the top four. Um, but for one reason or another, I, I can't, I can't fathom why. Like you know, the, 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 it's like they don't care about like you know the away games, but they then can't afford to not play well or put in some effort at least at home because they just know the fans will be on them. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. Look, but it shouldn't matter. I just think you, it, that shouldn't matter to me, and you'd hope it doesn't affect them like that as professionals. But I re- it's been a, a terrible season for that, so that's I, really I think hard it, to say. I think at some point it, it, there has to be an impact because otherwise football would be far too simplistic an endeavour for someone, you know, to take a group of players, get them to run around cones, get you know, give them a bit of passion, Alex from Bristol style in in in, in the dressing room pre-game. And and they go out and play and they play Brazil night certainly football. It's, it doesn't work like that. You, there are there are so many variables and so many kind of levels and so many so many things that feed into um, expectation and the and, and and internal internal benchmarking. You know the culture and the, the identity of a football club. The the pressure that you feel 
before you even kick a ball, right? You know, there, there's there's an expectancy at, at clubs like Liverpool and Man United and one or two others. That's not to say they don't falter and they don't struggle and they don't go through a bit of an identity crisis. I mean, United arguably are, are going through that. It's just slightly on a slightly higher level than the one that Spurs have got because United dominated more or less for 25 years. So, yeah. um, you know, even the, even their their dark times uh, post-Alex Ferguson have, have been relatively successful. I think with Spurs, there's got to be a degree of, yeah, a lack of, a lack of bravery because there's a lack of fear. There's a lack of competitiveness. There's a lack of belief in what, what's happening. It's probably, it's probably, you know, people bang on about Enoch out and leave it out and the 50 protesters, 100 protesters outside and the tens of thousands on Twitter yeah, I'm having a dig. Fuck it. Um, you know the, w- what's working are the people inside the stadium, right? Mm. And that's the real protest. That, that we've done enough inside the stadium. They know the moans and the groans and the and the the sighs. You know, over over the over the season, the players are more more than self aware, uh, are more than aware rather of of the the product the, the the lack of end product they've produced this season they know it and that's probably a burden on them you factor in the players that have been here for a long time and have got the emotional baggage of of the potch uh tenure and the collapse of it in the champions league final there's so much um oh god i was going to say rotten it's not rotten it's just broken there's so much brokenness in this squad, in this football club, that it's all building up to something, and it's and it's building up to this numbness now. Like we're we're quite numb to it. I think we're like, oh, here we go again, you know, whatever. And I think the players are as well. And I think what the players need, as much as we need, is an understanding that you know it's a clean slate. I know it's quite it's quite a stereotype. It's a clean slate. If we get a new director of football in, and a new manager in. And, and we sell plays and we we buy plays. Really basic things that happens at every football club all around the world. But these basic things are just again, it's the way that you kind of reset and re or reboot. Hopefully, we reset this time rather than just reboot because rebooting has not worked in four years. And I think it it goes away because that's what football does. The mm. cycle, the cycles, you know. I know, I know, our fans are really dramatic, and there's a lot of finality. Oh, 23 years, and you know they, mate. Before you know it, you'll be enjoying the football, and you won't be thinking about anything other than the football because that's how football functions. That's how it works. Obviously, the problem with Spurs is said it many, many times. We aim so fucking high, and we, we genuinely and I, and I and I swore there a little expletive, a little expletive because. It's it's a visceral feeling of fucking Elspurs, come on. You know, so close to the finish line so many times. Why why do you fall over? But that's why we follow the club. And that's why as much as we feel like shit right now, um, it will we will bounce back to something because that's just the way football is. But Villa was crap, you know. There were there were things that I picked out of other pods that I've listened to and other and other conversations. You know, Villa's high line. Why did we not take advantage of it? The 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 lack of quality, perhaps. Well, not perhaps. The the lack of quality Spurs had. You know, um, I don't know if it was on the fighting cock. I, I I can't remember who said it. Um, but it's almost like Spurs are a kind of 
they're like a paradox because we are so close to doing something on the pitch and yet we we appear to be so far away from completing it. How can you be both? How can you be terribly good and and terribly bad at the same at the same time? It's it's there's there's missing sparks all over the pitch and. But having said that, there's a couple of sparks on the way back. Hopefully, Basuma um, best performance in a Spurs shirt, which isn't probably saying much because he's probably only had two or three half decent performances. Um, yeah, not his fault. You know, I'm going to put some blame on. Antonio uh, on, on for that one, and obviously the guy got injured along with probably half the squad. Um, what, what, what did you get? What, what's your feelings about Basuma, especially looking ahead to next season? I think we've got to be really excited about him. I think that even that he's thirty minute before, he's a he's a he's a brilliant footballer. Yeah. Like I think that that's what we've almost had to forget this season because we just haven't been able to see anywhere near as much of him as we would have wanted to, and yeah. I, you know. I, I I personally do have to put that down to like the manager that was in charge like Drew at the time. I don't think there was any excuse for taking as long as he wanted to to try and embed him into the squad. He wasn't getting the tactics, Dan. He wasn't uh, getting the tactics. Yeah, of course. One not. of the best midfielders in the country, and at Bright at Brighton, he was absolutely tremendous. Right? It's, it's not seasons. just him though. It weren't just him. There was plenty of other players who just didn't get a look in when they probably when they arguably should have. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Spence is another uh, is the example all season, isn't it? Of like mm. one footballer who just because just because a manager who was just so incredibly stubborn just didn't want to play him. And I think that that's what we've seen with a few other players that have suffered as a result of that. And then you then look at players like Hoybier who just looks you know he's not performing well as of late. Um, but foot, but Hoybier isn't a terrible footballer. We've seen him be very good, even at times this season, in certain games, in certain moments. And when you look at the amount of minutes he plays, it's not it's not a surprise that you see him burnt out. You know, at this sort of like stage of the season, he's literally played almost every single minute. Um, so we do have to have a little bit of we do have to cut him a little bit of slack and stuff. But Basuma, yeah, I think ultimately. You know, he came on for skip, and I think we saw a real difference in terms of someone probably being asked to do something similar, but just executing it far better than what maybe skip can. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, he's obviously young; he's got a lot of time to develop himself as well. But I think that you know we're probably guilty of giving skip a lot of slack because he's a homegrown talent that's come through the academy, and you always want to see him do well. Um, but you know, ultimately, like you would, you would probably think that. If you was going to play one of him or Hoybier alongside Basuma, you're going to play Hoybier. As weird as it sounds, because he's, we, we, we've, I think, me and a few people, but I suppose we've been coping him off a fair bit recently. Hmm. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, Basuma's just. We have to just remember he's a fa- he's a fantastic footballer, and he can be a, a huge, a humongous player for us next season. Um, yeah, I mean, he's 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 he was asked to play again. It's to do with this kind of disciplined constrained held back emotionless uh i genuinely automated. think he's a replacement yeah i genuinely think he's a replacement to wanyama that that's the one player that we just not properly replaced since he was finished with injuries right like we had with dembele for a bit longer um and then we played Moussa Sissoko in yeah. that role but ever since then we've never replaced wanyama he was imperious in that sort of defensive midfield role Defensive midfields, you know, you go back back to Sandro, um, you know, uh, Palacios. Palacios is obviously a really famous one. Um, bless him again with what happened 
to his brother. You know, you had uh, obviously Scott Parker in <laughs> Michael Brown. Obviously, less about Michael Brown. Scott Parker was actually relatively decent for us uh, with his 360 yeah. turns. Tom um, Huddlestone as well. Yeah, I mean, there is a list and they seem to have one fantastic season and then something happens. And mm. when Yama was, I genuinely, I mean, I echo your sentiment. I thought he was the one. Um, but yeah, I mean, football's cruel. And, and, and for some reason, we're, we're a little bit, cur- well, we're cursed all over the pitch. Well, I suppose fair, that but... segues onto you know, another one that we've been a bit unlucky with and cursed with, and that's, you know, in terms of it being a cruel sport. And that's Benton Core, isn't it? Yeah, good to see him back, kicking the ball, skinny little white legs that he, that he had, you know, just looks like he's uh, oh, no. come out of a coma. Um, that, it's horrible uh, to see in a way, like the... the the atrophy that I remember seeing them, I think it was just when he was doing some leg exercises and he was in crutches in a boot still. And mm. one of his legs are just completely far, far skinnier than the other. And you just think, yeah. Jesus Christ, like scary to see. I don't know. Do footballers have stem cell uh, um, therapy? Oh, I, I imagine they can have all sorts of things done. Can't yeah, they? Like just, the, the level of curious. technology and biology now, like and science and stuff like that is just a joke, isn't it? I mean, stem cells would would have saved Ledley King's career. I mean, he would have just he would just he would have just rebuilt his mm, uh, knee. <laughs> yeah, it's just shame on you, Ledley. King. Well, not shame on you, Ledley King, but bad timing rather. Like you were born, um, I don't know, twenty years too late. But um, having, be- I mean, seeing Benton Court kind of reminds you of what we're missing, like what we're lacking. Because you go back to mm. to the dear old Viking, who is again. Plays every single game until he's utterly exhausted. Plays like dog shit. Gets dropped. Has a rest. Comes back. Looks good. Goes through the same motion. Mm. You know, does the job of someone that's not too dissimilar to a Michael Brown. He should. I mean, I think we spoke about this again. Most people have probably spoken about this. To be fair, he looks like such uh, like a, a like a far better player you know, offensively on the front foot, you know, for Denmark, you know, when he was at Southampton, I don't know why we persist with him being this kind of dogmatic, uh, kind of just chasing It's not his game. And... No, it's not his game at all. He, he, I think it's... he always looks better when he's going forward, especially for Denmark when he plays in a three in midfield. And he's not, he at, the it, deba- when, he's not when, at the base when... of that three either. He breaks into the squad for us, Dan. Do you know what I mean? How yeah. many times has he got the ball... And he's forced his way into the penalty box and we've scored. He's either it, scored it, or he's assisted. He's good at it. He is good yeah. at it. That's the thing. <laughs> Just get him to do more often. I mean... It's the problem of <sighs> playing two in midfield though, isn't it? If you play yeah. two in midfield and you are not and you don't have the ball a lot, they're just running around like headless chickens trying to cover space and cut out passing lanes all game. That's all they're concentrating on. They're not really set up to be adding to the attack in that 3-4-3 three, three, three formation, are they? It's all meant to go down mm. the wings and then... We don't really look that good down the wings, which is the worry. <laughs> but, it's it's but yeah. mad. It's mad, right? Because you you kind of we bang on about needing centre backs. Obviously, we do. We bang. We definitely needing new goalkeeper. Fine, okay, that was always going to mm. happen. You know, then you 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 know you kind of ignore Son and what and 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 Kane. You can't really ignore either of them, but for two different reasons. Son is he on you know kind of downward spiral, or was this season because of that kind of tactical mm. stuff Kane you know talks about culture talks about atmosphere talks about like he's staying at Tottenham and you kind of want to believe it and but you know you've been burnt before so you you kind of hold hold back from saying it 
those areas are, are unavoidable, but as 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 much as they are, you look at the basics we're getting wrong. The midfield, two in the middle season. We don't have anything else to, to stick in there. I mean, again, we've got two midfielders who have been out for a big chunk of it. But where's the creative player? You know, where where's the 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 player that's going to galvanise in deep positions? Where's your? I'm not saying we need a Luka Modric or a Christian Eriksen, but mm. we need someone in that mould or an evolution of those of those positions. You know, we we come on to a certain manager who just won the league in the Netherlands, who plays very aggressive, attacking football. You know, obviously, before we start making any moves, we need to appoint a director of football and a manager. And then then he will basically, if he's agreed to take the job, then Levy and the board, you would think, have agreed to buy the players that he needs to be able to do his job, which is why, um, you know, I'm going to go early and say I'm... I'm, I'm I'm quite confident for next season. God. Which I'm not even. I'm not even. I'm not even fucking drunk. I'm not even drunk. But it's just this is what I want from football, right? I'd love to I be drinking Kool Aid that you're, you're having, mate. I'm literally. <laughs> it's water. It's cold water from the fridge. <laughs> that that is it. There's there's nothing. There's nothing. Uh, there's nothing dodgy going on here. I've not been slicked to peel. Um, although watching Spurs, you you kind of want uh, a few to to kind of send you to sleep. Um, Mm. Uh, because watching Spurs just gives you sleep paralysis. Uh, I, anyway, crap analogy aside, Benta obviously can't help us right now. It's good to see him back. Anything else from the Villa game? I mean, again, I, I don't want to dwell on it too much because it's Tuesday we're recording this. Everyone's digested it. I've I've stayed off Twitter uh, for well over a week now. I kind of drop in, post Blimey. a tweet, and disappear. I'm not reading my timeline. I'm not. I might have answered one or two. Tweets. I just I don't need it right now. I'm really, really, really busy. Um, just um, outside of, of Twitter. Believe there is an outside of Twitter. By the way, I, you wouldn't believe it. Um, loads of trees and fresh air. Um, so I, I've I've not allowed Twitter to distract me. But I've been in WhatsApp groups. Tweets get shared, and a couple of things have triggered me. To be fair. Um, and I don't know whether it was after the lot. I don't know when this tweet went out, actually, but someone posted a poll, uh, like where you would choose who's the lesser of two evils, So Campbell or Daniel Levy. I swear, I wanted to, I wanted to go, I wanted to go to a shop and buy boots, football boots with studs, metal studs, and just slide two footed into the laptop. Like, 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 I was so. I, I, I was like, mate, how fuck? And it was probably a grown man, to be fair, maybe ten years younger than me or so. Like, maybe he was in his thirties. He might have been even younger. But it's like, mate, you, who who's voting for for Judas in this scenario? And it, it kind of got me thinking about the amount of people that are that are spitting hate and 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 carrying this whole narrative against the owners and making it their identity to the point where it's just all consuming it's it's that above anything else right now for them and and it it feels like it's it's just it's it's just they want to be part of something for for whatever reason they don't think they can be part of the football And and i get that i do get that at the moment everyone's disillusioned but i do wonder whether some of these some of these people the younger the the younger ones whether they remember anything before potch I know you're a young man as well, mate, but 
you know, you're not like a, a toddler. You're not you're not behaving like a child either. It's just <laughs> there's there's so much imbalance at the moment, and and I, I, I guess this is like a really clumsy segue to to potch to Chelsea, who you know it's not been announced, but we've had half a dozen announcements that there's going to be an announcement soon, and we don't hear anything. So they're obviously waiting for the right time. Um, just to just to slowly, you know. It's a slow death, isn't it? <laughs> it's mate. It's it's torturous because. Okay, like where are you at with this? Like genuinely, I know it's been done to death. Like I, mm. when I see a picture of Potch, and we've definitely spoken about this. You know, Chelsea were our rivals during during those you know hedonistic yep. two two or three seasons, right? Um, the hatred fueled our desire to try and do something above and beyond and Potch often speaks about he would never join you know uh, certain teams in Spain because of his loyalty and so he is he doing is he has he been forced into looking at Chelsea or does he not really matter beyond the sound bites because there's no real loyalty in football there's just a lot of money and, mm. and and a lot of high profile, um, you know, I mean, the capacity to to be at a high profile profile club and have the players that Chelsea do have and are able to to sign season upon season, you know, for for someone looking to make a mark, it's an easy step up. You would think, depending on how long Chelsea actually give you to to be able to perform. But I look at it and it doesn't for me. It doesn't compute. It's like what how why why are you doing this and how have we allowed it to happen surely potch to spurs was the 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 easiest fix in the moment when you think about everything that's happened or have spurs I mean, shown bravery by not going for him i i don't know i th- i do i do see arguments like for and against like like potch and at the time i was really I was really desperate, basically, for us to get him back at one point, mm. like as recently as about two months ago, you know, um, before all these rumours started accelerating. That you know, even like two months ago when it was starting, I was like, he won't do that. There's absolutely no way. It's all just paper talk. I think he'll come if Spurs want him, they'll come to him. And as it's turned out, they clearly haven't wanted him because he's not here. I generally think it's as simple as that. Like if they wanted him, he would be there. As I said in a couple of podcasts ago. Um, yeah, it's, it's affected me in a really negative way, mate, because it couldn't come at a worse time in terms of Spurs being as bad as we are right now and things all looking quite doom and gloom. Um, you know, we, we're we just over the 50-day mark for when, since we sacked our last manager. 2021 was 72 days before appointing Nuno. Like, I could easily see us at this point surpassing that. Um, that would be completely disastrous. Um, it all looks very disorganised right now, so it's all just feeding into that de- disappointment when you see more stuff like this, because it's just like just it's like kicking us while while we're down type of thing. Um, it, it 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 does bother me. Like I'd never thought he would do something like it. Um, yeah, I can't I can't think of him in the same way that I that I did before because he's yeah, doing it. it's, it's as simple it's, as that. It's tainted it really, and it's it's. Um, it, he's, few, proper, he's, I, he's properly dead to me. Like I, I, I'm literally, I'm steadfast in that. I, I won't ease off that. Like maybe that's what we need. Though. maybe like to, to what? Just to quickly explain what I mean by Spurs being brave. Spurs appointing Potch would have been fantastic for 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 for, for personal reasons for all of us, right? 
So, but, so that, but, but before that, you go on, that that but I know what you're going to say, and that I kind of on. agree with, right? Like, do you know what I mean? Like that, I sort I sort of agree with in terms of I can see why we might not want to do to go to him, but that but I'm not excusing him doing what he's done. That's the point I'm making. Yeah, no, I, and and I completely agree. There's there's other jobs out there, surely, surely. Just fucking um, wait. Go to Italy. Go somewhere else. I don't care. Like, there's just not there. And especially with how easy it is it's easy to be sacked i mean to be fair you're going to get sacked at chelsea even if you if you win titles and champions leagues um and and i guess that's it taints football even more because it's like imagine imagine bill nicholson does the double you know following season ne- nearly wins the european cup you know a couple more cups whatever and then you get sacked oh because you know you you missed out on something this season mate sorry see you later like with, with Chelsea, the, the the way football is with this conveyor belt, it's it's a kind of relentless machine. It doesn't matter; they will go through every single top class manager, you know, in world football at some point. And maybe one or two might not go there. Pep might not go there. You know, one or two others might not go there. But everyone else will go there. It's unavoidable. So you're, you're bound to get a Chelsea manager at some point because, much like Steve Bruce managed about four hundred clubs in the lower leagues. Like the top top teams in this in in this league will probably share one or two managers at, at, at a given point. So yeah. But my point about Spurs is it would have been easy to appoint Pochettino, um, and maybe you know I would I have a fantasy that they're thinking no let's do let's actually get it right this time let's not do it for sentiment and let's not do a quick fix let's not do a Conte and Mourinho again let's yeah. do this properly. Now there's a lot of noise. You know, Donna Cullen, I've seen Donna Cullen out is now a new hashtag. I mean, fuck (laughs) Um, it. Donna Cullen doesn't like him, this, that and the other. And there's all these other rumours. You know, maybe Spurs, you know, we talk about clean slates. We talk about restarts. We talk about emotional baggage. It, it's it's Every time you think about what we could have been, you think about that team. You think about how good we were. And we were... We were beyond tremendous. We were swashbuckling. We were spiteful. We had incredibly talented players, and I think, I think some people still a little bit a little bit high off those fumes, and some and some are, are probably being corrupted by it and hate Pochettino because they see him as a as a failure and see him as a poster boy for for Levy. Um, but at the time, nobody would debate and argue against the fact that they that Spurs for a couple of seasons were the best team in the country. We, we were just the best team statistically <laughs> over two seasons. We've on in every measure, in every metric, and yet somehow apart, apart from one, <laughs> yeah, apart from one, apart from putting ribbons around a piece of poxy silverware, it, it's it, it it that bruises you internally, like your heart and your mind. And 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 if we're suffering for it, I, I, the pressure on the club as well, you know, to to perhaps go back to that that quick fix, is probably is probably too high of a risk. To be fair, so anyway, it's not going to happen. But no. n- neither is Nagelsmann now to, to 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 Spurs. Supposedly, you know, there's a bit <laughs> of a cover up. Allegedly, we did speak to him now. I've seen a couple of takes on this. I want, I want you to tell me where you fall. The first take is Spurs won't give him what, what he wants. So it's 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 the club's fault again, fucking things up. The the other the other take is um that perhaps we shouldn't give him what he wants because 
we we know how it ended with Conte. I mean, ju- judging by what what everyone's hearing, you know, he left the club in a very toxic state. That it was unmanageable. You know, the, the way. And I know he had a lot of personal problems and illness and whatever. I'm not. Mm. I did. I like again broken record. I did back Conte for a long, long time. Right. And again, it's not binary. It's not black and white, etc. But how do you, how what do you think's happened off the back of the, the talks mm. with, with, with him? Because uh, you know he's got no uh, coaching staff. He'd have to kind of bring in new people. Maybe yeah. he wanted control. <clears throat> Maybe he wanted a particular director of football that we wouldn't give him. Does any of this matter? You know, is it yeah. A, I mean, I've, I've I've had quite a lot of I've had quite a lot of deep thought around this over the last well, pretty much the weekend and today, to be honest, um, that the, what, what, so what you started with in terms of like, what side do I kind of sit on? Like, was it, was it us or was it him? I don't think it's as simple as that because I think you have to contextualize it a little bit more to then be able to provide what you actually think about it. So what would, what, what would be the reasons for either? So if we look at it that way, he, a lot of the reporting was he wanted to know, um, it depends how you phrase it. Did he want to choose who the director of football was or did he want to know who the football director was going to be? Because one of those is fair and one of those isn't. You don't choose who the director of football is. We pick because you're you're looking at a chicken and egg situation then, aren't you? If we appoint a manager and then a sporting director just that's picked by that manager, well then when that manager could eventually leave, you're possibly going to be losing the director of football as well. So then you're starting again. You have to start with this. You have to get one before the other. So you've got to get the director of football in. You then have to see if they're going to be able to work with this manager. And if if Nagelsmann can do that, then that's fair. But if it was a case where he wanted to be demanding who this sporting director is, we shouldn't be giving him that. It's as simple as that. You know, we've got a plan much more long term than that. You can't run any business in that way when you're being dictated to by the employee, essentially. Um, so I think that that's that's one part of it. And then another part of it was, so, so I mean, to answer that bit, I don't actually know which way around it would have been. I mean, he's got he's apparently quite a spiky character, so I suppose you just have to use your imagination, right? Yeah. But I, I think it could be as, just as likely that he wanted to know who it would be. We couldn't really give him an answer. He might have wanted to decide to wait until he gets more time on, you know, more clarity on that, which is fair, completely fair enough, right? But I think that the club, they must be extremely scared about getting the next appointment wrong. Like, it's been a disaster class like since Pochettino, hasn't it, in terms of appointing the right manager for Levy's famous last words, the top DNA. And I think that the, they ultimately went wrong <clears throat> with, forget Nuno for a second, but they ultimately went wrong by going for Conte in the end. And I am saying that with the benefit of hindsight, obviously. I didn't think it at the time, but I can say it now because I've had time to digest it, right? And that's that because of how Mourinho went, Conte should never have been considered and I think that we've been quite almost lazy as a club and we've tried to keep shortcutting our ways we we got to that Champions League final and ever since we've been trying to short our cut shortcut our way back to it and that looks like in their heads of just basically trying to get the best available manager in the world at the time who 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 can get just ring out the last sort of like drop of quality that the team has yeah, exactly. supplement them with a couple of new signings, but not really game cha- anything game changing, right? Like, you know, we've not given any either manager really enough to completely transform the squad and the way that we can play and, you know, win things. So with that being said, 
maybe they just felt that Nagelsmann, although he's a lot younger and seems to be a lot more attack minded in his you know his tactics and stuff like that, he could may well have just not been someone that after a lot of reflection that they thought if he's if he is another sort of like particularly spiky character that could just be one that. Exactly. Falls out with the players, falls out with like the, the board, like whoever it might be. We 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 cannot really afford to be considering that, and that's maybe uh, that's the only benefit of the doubt I give them. I won't give them the benefit of the doubt of the way they handled it. I mean, the press, it's a PR disaster. What happened on Friday, like because it's, I mean, someone phrased it right. I think it was I can't remember what podcast it was, but someone phrased it as, "Is it Nagelsmann? You know, turning down Spurs? That's probably an easy headline to write, right?" But Spurs turning down Nagelsmann, absolutely everyone outside of like the people that have, that have released that statement will ask why. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not really like panned out for them. It's a, it's, it's um it look it's not it's not good PR. But it's I, I, not. If, if, we... that, if there's a if what I've said is the sort of sound reasoning behind why they've come to that decision, then I suppose that is fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the other thing with with the coverage is that there's so much of it. Um, Obviously, the, the the two big Spurs journos kind of broke broke the story, so they're hearing something from someone. Um, they've been briefed, haven't they? Yeah, they've been they've definitely been briefed. Um, and when again, we're not we're not privy to the details. We go and people we live it. We live in an age where headlines, you know, the 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 the, the big blocky words are the only thing that people digest, and they kind of don't bother reading the rest of it. Um, because they want to react to to the headline or the quote or the misquote, um, we don't know what's happened. And but what you've said, you've articulated it pretty much how I feel. Spurs probably looked at it and thought we can't be doing this again because it will be it will it will be the board once more, rightly so, who will be criticised substantially if we mm. got the you know we i i often i often thought if we get conte wrong if it fails that's it the the board is done and now it feels conte was the last chance that that was the that was the catalyst instead of him being the catalyst for change in the way that i thought change would play out he's the catalyst for change in the way that we can't be appointing those type of managers anymore you know be, behave Behave like the big club that you are, but don't behave like the business. That oh, okay, let's let's try this again. Remember who who you are, basically Tottenham Hotspur. Mm. Remember that there is heritage and tradition, and these things matter. And these are the things that, when binded by by everything else on the outside, um, it can give you strength. Like you look at other football clubs, you know maybe clubs like Brighton who are doing it the right way, but they're working within their means and they've they've got less pressure on them to basically grow and evolve and develop. Spurs have got history, you know it doesn't matter how far back that history goes. Like it's the it's the reason we're all Spurs fans, and it's the reason we have excuse me expectancies and and the rest of it. So just tap into that. And bring in someone who can, who can do who can do the right job, and and that someone at the minute looks like potentially uh, Arnie Slot, uh, F- F- mm. uh, Feyenoid, uh, that won the league, um, 
there's some great articles out there. You only have to look at you, you know, the one good thing about social media, I'm sure that I'm sure you'll be able to find one or two articles, maybe the athletic and, and one or two others that have been shared in the last week. And I know this because they've been shared on, on WhatsApp and I've read them. And, it, and much like I, I remember reading Conte articles about the type of footballing brain the guy had and the way that he worked and approached and lived and breathed football, everything that I read about slot has kind of changed my mind, you know. And, and to be fair, you know, it was kind of bald on bald violence from my point of view. <laughs> I, I don't like the I don't look, I don't like the look of this guy. He looks too. He, he looks too. I was going to say he looks too bald, but he looks too... <laughs> he doesn't look the right fit. And like the way that you look at, you know, the forest manager and think, nah, 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 can't can't have someone with that face. Uh, it's just r- ridiculous. Non. I know exactly what you mean, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just, but it's, sometimes you get a gut feeling from something and you get that inst- kind of sixth sense in life in certain scenarios too. You know, you can meet someone and you can think, I, I don't like this geezer. Yeah, I like this person. You know, you know. Now, obviously, we know football supporters know absolutely nothing, and I will die on that hill because I will never forget Tottenham fan base. You, you literally run Danny Rose off Twitter and social media when he signed the five-year contract and ridiculed him, Pochettino, and the football club for that decision, right? And it just kind of proves in the moment we don't know what we're talking about. This is obviously a little bit of satire at this point right because we're all tired we 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 get the same five or six names mentioned every week he drops out spurs are not interested in him the following week it's repeat they they're back in the race we're talk- it's just all made up bollocks there's probably four or five managers that we're going to interview or have already interviewed or speaking to through agents and whatever else there's no doubt about that and spurs finding the right man is also dependent on that right man wanting to be at Tottenham, like actually, and yeah. someone said to me, "Oh my God, what state are we in if we if we need to find a manager that wants to be here?" And I, I was like, "I don't even know whether I replied to that. I, I might have just muted and then just left for Twitter for five days again off the back of that." But it was, <laughs> oh, oh no, I, I think I did respond, and I just didn't look at the reply that was sent back. Um, <laughs> it was before we lost to Villa as well, so there's no way I was going to go back and have a look at my Brilliant. timeline. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you what I mean by wanting to be here, someone that, that isn't like Conte, someone who doesn't turn up and think, I'm going to get the safety blanket of the narrative that the media push and the fans believe in. I'm going to basically cover myself with the Spurs are not doing enough at a board level, which is actually true. But come on, you're an ambassador, you're a custodian, you're you're the manager, the coach of the players. You 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 took the job. That means you think you're going to do well, do well. And we need that. We need that kind of man who's proud, and not Nuno levels proud, but just Poch levels of, of proudness, right? To come yeah. in and do the job. Do do you do you fancy a bit of slot? Do you think slot slot is the one? Anyone else that's been linked amongst all the normal, the usual names? And do you think Mason is is at this point a little bit deluded in in wanting the job full time? Yeah, I think he is. To be honest, I, I, I can imagine he's really up for it and and stuff like that. But you know, the more you think about it, he's he's another voice that's just been there for a very long time, isn't he? That they keep having to listen to, and they have been under Conte, they have been under then Stellini, and then now it's him full time. I think they obviously like him a lot more than the other regime that was there. I think that's plain to see. Like, I think they generally are trying to play for him a bit more. Um, 
But at the same time, like I think it'd be suicide for him to even really do it, to be honest with you. I do think he's better off moving on elsewhere and potentially coming back in the future. Um, I don't necessarily get... It's, it's so hard to judge, right? Because you, you've not got a lot of like data to work off with Mason. Like he's only, he's only managed... like Well, by the end of this season, 12 Premier League games. And then you're trying to compare him to other managers that are out there. That Unfortunately, he's got the odds stacked against him in that regard, hasn't he? And I don't like the idea that the club would be considering him either. Like, I think it's a bit, I just think it's completely unfair because they, I think they'll be putting him in a, um, an un, you know, a bit of a compromising position as well. Is he really going to attract players like for, when it comes to transfers? Are they going to yeah, want to come and play for exactly. us if he's in charge? And you've got to think about stuff like that. And I think that Slot will command a bit of that um, ultimately because you know he's just won a league title with two games to spare. I've done a lot of reading on him over the weekend because he obviously went straight to number one in terms of favourite to be the next manager after Nagelsmann was um, confirmed to not be happening, obviously. Um and I think that there's, you know, ultimately there's a lot, there's a lot to like. And I think that the key thing, I think the personality of the next manager who comes in is probably, so, it's always key, right? But I think now more than ever, I go back to that thing where I said I felt the club have been lazy trying to shortcut because they just want to try and win something as fast as possible. And I think it's been so long whether we haven't. Let's just stop trying to shortcut our way to it. We can wait a bit longer if we need to build towards something. They should have started again. Like as in, get the next Pochettino in after Pochettino. That should have been it, and I think that that is the one thing that most people can agree on. You should have started a rebuild from there of someone else to come in. They're a properly new face with a new philosophy that will reinvigorate the squad, keep them reunited with the fan base. We've probably, you know, a bit more split now between that. There's more of a split now between the fans or a disassociation between the fans and the players than there has been for a long time. Yeah. Like the players probably don't give a shit about what we think. And we don't really give a shit about what they think. Let's be real because we think that they're not doing enough for us right now. So there's a disconnect there. And I think that there's, that there's a lot of work that needs to be done to be able to repair that relationship a little bit as well. Um, everything you read about him screams long term, really. I know he's obviously had a couple of jobs where, you know, he's, he's looked to move on already, but you've got to think that if you're an ambitious young manager at the start of your career, you're going to move around a bit more at the start because you're going from better job to better job to better job until you get to one that you can stay at for a while because that's pretty much the closest you'll get into the top. And Spurs is that for a lot of managers, isn't it? Because beyond Spurs, you're looking at your Liverpools, your Man Uniteds, arguably your Chelsea's when they're at full throttle, Man City. There's only a certain amount of clubs like that, right? And... I think he would be really keen to come to Spurs and work with a younger players as well. There's lots of examples where when he went to Feyenoord, for instance, he lost a lot of his best players after the first season, brought in um, two young, I can't remember their names off the top of my head, but he blooded two youngsters straight from the academy. They're Mm. both fully fledged um, Dutch internationals now as a result of that. Like when was the last time that's happened at Spurs? Probably what Harry, Harry Kane and like Winks, and, yep. and like skips yeah, not yeah, being yeah. international, so it's them really, right? So I think that that that's the sort of stuff that we all of this is heading is is ticking boxes, isn't it? Like they promote youth, they coach players, they improve players, they play. He plays he plays attacking football first and foremost. Like you know, it's that typical Dutch style football of everyone just wants wherever you are on the pitch, you look to be able to get, get us to a. But you try and get us into a situation where we can score a goal. That's what it's all about, and that's what his philosophy looks like. And then there's you know there's there's plenty of YouTube videos and materials that you can go out there and look at to see highlights of his teams playing this season. And they do seem to concede goals as well. I'm not going to lie, mm. like there's there's, there's um, 
there's certainly a few like free two games and stuff like that in there. But fucking hell, ain't that ain't that much more fun than a drab one nil win at home? Well, especially like, if you, if you've literally won most of your other games. But he, only, he hasn't done, lost since September. Like, they've not <laughs> lost since September. They've drawn. I think they've drawn a, one or two games or something like that since then as well. Um, he almost won the league. This is mental as well because I didn't realise this. But he almost won the league with AZ as well. So AZ, who are, um, I think they're in the Conference League against West Ham in a tie at the yes, moment or yeah. something like that. And he was with them before he went to Feyenoord. But in his, and he nearly won the league with them. But their COVID season. Well, when COVID hit, their season got scrapped. It didn't resume like the Premier League. And he'd already slapped the likes of Ajax, Feyenoord, PSV, all of the big boys over there. Um, and I think they you know, they were on their way to doing something really, really good. And it, it didn't happen. Lost a lot of their players. He was then angling for a move to Feyenoord. They caught wind of it and sacked him. You know, that unfortunately, mm. that shit mm. happens, doesn't it? Mm. But... That's what I'm talking about. It's the ambition of wanting to go somewhere to prove that you yeah, can do, yeah. and he's done do it. something. And he's gone there and done it. That's exactly it. Like, you know, that it isn't the most competitive league in the world. Actually, I feel for, I feel that's a wrong terminology. I feel it's obviously not as high quality a league as what the Premier League is, obviously, and not some of the other leagues. It's not the most high quality league, but it must still be competitive. Like, there's four good teams there that can all win the league, like PSV, Ajax, Feyenoord, AZ. Like, that's competitive, right? Mate. Right. It's no different, really, to... It's all relative, isn't it? Yeah, It's all relative. Like, he's going to... Spurs are a higher quality team for the most part than a lot of those teams when they're playing well. So, it's no different than him coming here and having to just play against... Like, he's got a higher quality team to play against higher quality teams. That's just how it works, ultimately. Um... Just, just quickly on, on director of football. I mean, again, I'm, I'm, I'm really passive on this because I, I see different names getting mentioned literally mm. every single day, Dan. Every single day, there's a new person. It's nuts, isn't it? It's it is. It's, nuts. it's actually ridiculous. It's, it's at the point where people are just making up shit. Like you, you, we can't be interested, or there can't be six or seven front runners. There's one front runner. Slot is the one. The I, I think the one that Spurs have always wanted, right? And the others, Spurs are having to keep their options open, right? But I think Slot is going to be the one. I'm, I'm going to go not early, really, because I've kind of waited this long to, to say. But I, I now I, that's the horse I'm backing. Director of football, don't know enough about. I mean, I know, I know, you know, the guy at, um, I want to say Brentford, uh, Dykes, Lee Dykes, Lee Dykes, I think it is, yeah, yeah. Lee Dykes. Um, and there's a couple of others, Cruyff. Uh, uh, Barca, he's leaving at the end of the season. Um, mm. You know, there's, there's there, again every day it's a new person. Obviously, it's yeah, important. there's a guy, there's a guy, yeah, and there's a guy called Spores, and there's and there's another guy who's the I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he's the Roma sporting director. There's also the Bayer Leverkusen one that we're being linked with as well. See, so there's a fair ridiculous. few of these that we're getting linked with, and I mean, look. Um, like it's, it's, it's really hard to try and figure out because yeah. it's not like knowing it's not like it's not as easy with them as managers and players is it like managers and players are a bit easier to research and sporting directors a bit for me at least anyway it's a bit of an unknown quantity let's bung it back in the oven um it still needs baking uh with director of football we can come back to that let's end the normal pod with um a certain north london club the try really hard to be North London by singing stupid little songs before <laughs> the kickoff, uh, choking um, the Premier League. Uh, Glorious. 
I mean, they've bottled it, right? I mean, it's it's not fair to say. I think it's factually correct. Let, let, let me just say two things. Halfway point in the season, they were being compared to the Invincibles, even though they had lost. But their record in every other department was better. So I, I, mm-hmm. I saw this on my Instagram feed time and time and time again. The stats, you know, the amount of days that they've also led the league table at. They've got to the back end of the season and apparently plucky Arsenal uh, um, should be celebrated for going toe-to-toe with Man City and haven't bottled it. They've just run out of steam. You know, they're a little bit fragile mentally, maybe. Fucking stop this nonsense. Tottenham were never in the title race with Leicester City, yet we bottled that season. I'm not having it. I'm not having it. They they absolutely were in... They just had to keep on playing what they were doing. Now, if mentally you switch off, if mentally you you are exhausted, if you cannot go those extra yards and get the job done, that is, by definition, what, what bottling means. Like, you're too scared to see it through. Um, it's worth actually mentioning, it's done, they're, they're, they're the... They they've bottled. They're the, what are they? They're the record amount of times bottlers. However, you want to phrase that as well. I think it's four or five times that they've been the or they've had the fourth or five highest um, in different seasons, like occasions where they've led for the longest time. Fantastic. So there's like a chart basically where it's like this is the longest that literally anyone's been top four and had the points that they've had this season and not won the league. And then they, I think they were also in second, third and fourth place or something like that as well. Might even be like, there might be a few gaps in there, but you know, they've got history for this. So, you know, long may that continue that they keep, you know, mugging themselves off like this. I what um, I actually it. remember now, I actually tweeted a couple, a couple of tweets, like a, a two tweet thread. It's not really a thread, is it? Um, and I, I think the last time I looked, it had like six, seven hundred likes. Don't really care. Well, I, do, I kind of do, but it's still, it's still nice to see when, when, when they, when they, they moderately have a, a one or two engagements and impressions. And it was basically just mo. I was just really, I was looking for, to trigger people. I'm sure I did. Um, but them walking out the stadium, like, you know, the game's done, 3-0 down against Brighton, and they all kind of head off home. Um, and, like, empty seats everywhere, which is obviously uh, what you expect from the Emirates anyway. But it kind of made me think, like, like come on, seriously, right? Piss-taking aside. Your team has had a fantastic season playing pretty good football, right? Hard to say that off the back of two 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 or three seasons of struggles trying to find an identity it's all clicked it's all come together it's been very it's been fairly easy like i i think this season it hasn't felt like a title race there's been no spite there's been no malice there's there's been no real drama and narrative it's just been arsenal way ahead and this kind of understanding this 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 knowing knowingness of city will just always be there towards the end and probably pip them you just all kindly knew that in the back of your head that it was pro- it's likely to happen because it's man city and they've spent untold billions on, on footballers but as an arsenal fan you've seen your team go on this grand adventure this thing that you wanted gunas you, you didn't want fa cups anymore even though you bang on about them 
you wanted to feel like you you were part of something and you 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 are you're part of something you got what you wanted and the way that you repay uh your loyalty to the team is to walk out on on the game because and this was the crux of my tweets arsenal as a collective are not football supporters they, they are people that want to be football supporters but the big caveat is they want to be supporters of a team that's successful. They want to, they want to feel all the good things about football. This is why so many of them struggled when Arsene Wenger's magic started to kind of dissipate. Like they struggled because they they would like thumping, you know, kicking and and screaming about like we we're Arsenal Football Club. We should be winning the league. It was petulant and it was. You know, delusions of grandeur in the moment. You you take the good with the bad, like, and you have to accept it. And they don't. And they proved this, in my opinion. They proved it. Them walking away, it's like I don't want anything more of this. Whereas they should be there applauding and singing and saying, "Do you know what? Actually, we've done all right here." Because you kind of look at City and you look at us, and and this was fairly unexpected for us to perform and to actually be in a position where we we could win the league. And you celebrate that, but nah, they fucked off. They all fucked off before yeah, the final it's... whistle because they couldn't. They couldn't bear to see their team. They couldn't bear to feel defeat and be associated with defeat. They've and got they're, no they're... backbone whatsoever. Absolutely. They just can't. They cannot handle Nothing. like the slightest thing that goes against them. I mean, fuck me. It's the best season they've had for years. Years. This is the best season that they've had. Like it's been horrible to watch at times for us this season. Most of the season has been made pretty much horrible by how good they've been. Do you know what I mean? Like that's made our season ten times worse because they looked like at one time that they were gonna do it. Like all the stats and history would tell you that they should do it because no one's ever not everyone no one's ever fucked it up this 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 much before, which is glorious, right? Mm. But it's like I just don't like I mean I, I just like, I, mean, I don't know, maybe we're just better people than them because I'd like to think that we'd be fine like if we were in the doldrums, like in the sort of table finishes that they were for, you know, a few years. Like, say we never got to the Champions League final, nowhere near it, right? Say that never happened and instead Potch would like, you know, say it all started to go downhill a lot earlier and we then had a couple of eighth place finishes and then we got to fifth and you're like, oh, this is a, we've just missed out there. It's a massive improvement. And then to get to second, it's like, just like, Take a step back and just look at like you know, and actually just realize that it's not all it's not all that bad. And you, you, if anything, you should be really proud. But realize at the same time that it's also fucking hilarious how you've managed to actually do this when no one else in the history of football has managed to do this, but from that position. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 funny as fuck. It really is, and it's, and it's also like I, I saw my uncle over the weekend, and he was, you know, he's like in his sixties. He was dancing and singing. <laughs> like he just created this this theme music. He was just like you know, like when you when 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 uh, you know if you got kids or you got you know nephews and whatever else, like you got someone's got a baby in the family, and like you kind of dance around the baby going do 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 do. He was doing that. He was making those noises. He's a grown. He's a grown man who is actually uh, put his name down to be on the fan advisory board. So good, good luck. <laughs> good luck. Yeah, because you're going to be needing to make those uh, those those noises when you're when you're facing. Uh, uh, I don't know if Levy's going to actually turn up for those meetings, but um, so yeah, it's just it's just hilarious the, the relief. And I know that it's still mathematically possible, but 
I, I would actually want I would actually report um uh, uh Pep to the police if you know for criminal negligence uh if City fucked it up from here. Oh, they can't. Utterly... They, they can't from here. Surely, fucking hell! Um, like that's, well, that's, listen, proper, that's proper stupidity. That like, <laughs> yeah, it would be. It would be the most overthought tactical. Because it ain't just Spurs fans. It won't just be Spurs fans that will then have to sort of like go deleting tweets. You're talking about Paddy Power, Sky Sports. Like everyone's like gone everyone, for the Gooners. Yeah, do you know it, what I mean? It, it would. It would, and it would just. It would. You know, talk about sabbaticals. I would definitely delete my, my Twitter off the back of that. But anyway, fuck Arsenal. Um, it's good that this season hasn't been a complete waste of time. Um, that's the hour done. Um, so thank you for downloading on the podcast apps. But on Patreon, we're going to continue. We're going to do a little bit on squad re- rebuilds, a little bit on the the, the Sheikh Yassim rumour, the, the guy that's trying to buy Man United. I think uh, might not buy Man United. Would you be happy if you bought Tottenham? We'll have a chat about that. And yet another change for Tottenham's statement of intent for Saturday's game. They want us to boycott food and drink and just spend the money in the surrounding area. Uh, so me and you, Dan, we're going to continue with that. But we're going to say goodbye to the, the normal listeners. There's nothing normal about you. You're all exceptional. Thank you for the support, guys. Oh, that was a bit cringy. Fuck that. Uh, come on, you Spurs. Thank you for downloading. Um... Yeah, I don't, do you want to say quick, quick goodbye, Dan? Just yeah, just, come on, you Spurs. Um, thanks for everyone who has listened this season. Um, I've enjoyed it, and it's not over know, yet. It, a couple more. Games. Well, we need we need everyone go and support the team on on Saturday. Those who are going, like it's the last home game of the season. Yeah. Just support the team. Fuck it. Like if you just enjoy the last day that you're going there for this season, at least before it could all go really wrong in the summer. And I've, I've purposely <laughs> not wanted to talk about it potentially being Harry Kane's last game because I think it's probably worth analysing in detail what he does on the pitch at the end of the game against Brentford. Um, mm. Yeah, we're going to read a lot into that. No doubt everybody will be reading a lot into that. But anyway, cheers, guys. Cheers, everyone.